Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. One of the essentials for being a Christian is to appreciate the Bible as the Word of God. But for most of us, our reading and our understanding of the Holy Word fall far short of what it should be. For instance, take a passage like 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12, where Paul tells us that we have been called into God's own kingdom and glory. Do we really have an adequate appreciation of all that this implies, or do we even have a proper understanding of things like God's kingdom and God's glory? Probably we just skim along, taking such marvelous words for granted. But one of the benefits we have in this program each day is that the Lord richly unveils and brings us into the deeper realities of his word. And Francis Ball has joined us today for a message I'm looking forward to. This is a wonderful portion before us, isn't it, Francis? I think we're in for a little surprise about what God's kingdom and God's glory is and what it (laughs) is to be in God. Be in God. And I think that's uh, important because uh, this is, uh, as we're in this life study on 1 Thessalonians, so many of these early messages are really centered on the first verse of 1 Thessalonians because there Paul writes to this young church in uh, Thessalonica, and he says, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father, as you just said, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's our position from this book, isn't it? We're in God and in the Lord Jesus. I think we've seen that in previous programs. To be in God the Father is quite significant and in the Lord Jesus Christ. So now when we come to a verse like the one we opened with today, and we'll hear Witnessly talk about how typical it is to take this kind of a word for granted when we come across it. But realizing that our position where we are found in the church is in God, the Father, and Mm -hmm. in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's look at this verse again, chapter 2, verse 12. So that you might walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Well, if we're really in God, the Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe there's a chance that we can walk in such a manner, Francis. Yes, there is. There must be. We've been called into this. Amen. All right, let's join Witness Lee, and then uh, we'll come back for some time of fellowship ourselves. Verse 12. Here, Paul says, that you may walk worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Kingdom? What is kingdom? Glory? What is glory? You tell me, we Christians today, including us, always understand the Bible in a poor way. Let me tell you a little bit. I don't mean I understand in full. I could only tell you according to my own experience. God calls us into two things. Into his own kingdom and glory. No doubt. These two things are the goal of God's calling. The goal of God's calling 
is not the heavenly mansion or the heavens, but the kingdom and glory. Some Christians understand the term kingdom in the Bible in this way. The earth is not God's kingdom. The earth today is the kingdom of so many nations. One day, the Lord Jesus will come back to take over the earth and set up his power to rule over the earth. And that is God's kingdom. I wouldn't say this is not accurate, but I do say it's too superficial. Listen, when you express God in your daily walk, that is the kingdom. When you express God, that expression is God's kingdom. In your office, if you express God every day, all your colleagues, they on the one hand may oppose you, yet on the other hand, they realize within you there's something. It's hard to describe what something, but there's something. That something is God's kingdom. When you walk words of God, there is a kind of situation, a kind of atmosphere with you that is God's kingdom. Could you see this? As soon as that is the kingdom of God, there is glory. Suppose all the Christians leave God, expressing God. There is the kingdom of God on this earth. Francis, uh, two things. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12, we have been called into. Number one, God's own kingdom. Yes. He gave a good description, I think, of what most of us probably think of when we think of God's kingdom, and that is that one day the Lord Jesus will come out of the sky, out of the clouds, and put right the mess that we have made of all the nations of the earth fighting and carving up the earth and establish his rule and authority. And in one sense, as he said, that's not altogether wrong, but it is a bit incomplete, or as he said, yeah. a bit uh, shallow or superficial, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I was convicted myself. My thoughts were pretty much along the same line, that the kingdom is coming. Right. When the Lord comes back, he'll set up his kingdom, and then we'll see the, all the kingdoms of the earth demolished, done away with, and his kingdom will reign alone on this earth. But we saw, just in that brief word, we can see that there's more to this as a future kingdom. It's more the kingdom of God right now right? and how it's being manifested. I liked uh, his uh, description there of uh, what the reality is. Here's a believer, hopefully you or even me. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe as that may sound. <laughs> really walking according to the Spirit and manifesting or expressing God to our coworkers, our classmates, or whatever. And in a very real sense, there's an aura there mm-hmm. that is, in reality, God's kingdom, isn't it? I think people see the kingdom of God in certain offices, in certain work situations, and certain gatherings that they didn't realize what that atmosphere really was. For this explanation to reach people should be a good incentive for us to want to live Christ in our daily life to manifest the kingdom of God on the earth. You know, in the Gospels, I believe Gospel of Matthew, when the disciples were asking the Lord about the kingdom, and he told them quite specifically, the kingdom of God is what? 
Within you. Within you. That's right. Yeah, it's not just an age or a manifestation or a period or a dispensation that's coming in the future, though uh, we are among those who, who believe that. But the reality is very much this one who is within us and in whom we are being lived out, expressed, and manifested in day-to-day life. What an uplifted, marvelous view this is of the kingdom. And it's certainly an incentive to want to live the kingdom life now, that there could be a manifestation of this kingdom on the earth. Let's take a look at a couple verses uh, in preparation of this next section. We're going to stay somewhat on this line. I do like the sequence very much of our word today. In chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, coming back now to this matter of what we have been called into, and remember that was the the verse of our main primary focus today, chapter 2, verse 12, being called into God's own kingdom and glory. Chapter 4, he comes back to this matter of our calling and says, For God has not called us for uncleanness, but in sanctification. And we jump ahead to chapter 5 because these verses at the end of chapter 5 modify this matter of sanctification. Verse 23 in chapter 5, And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Francis, the next verse, very important to finish the thought here. Help us with this one. Yes, he says, Faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. So the doer of this is the same one as who calls us. Wow. Glad I had you do that. That made me feel uh, real good just to hear you say it. (laughs) Faithful is he who called us, who also will do it. Amen. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. Chapter 4, 7 says, God has not called us for uncleanness, but in sanctification. And the word sanctification in Greek simply means separation. We are only separated when we are in God and in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are not in God, we are common. We are not separated from the world. We are rather mixed up with all those finny people. Young saints, you have to realize as you belong in the Lord Jesus, you are a part of the church. And the church is something in God. God is just like a box. You need to be boxed. God has put you into himself. God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the heavenly, divine, spiritual what? box. You are boxed. You are separated. And this separation is what is sanctification. They're saints. You have to realize now you are a person. Boxed in God. Separated in God. You have no right to jump out of the box. Then chapter 5. Verse 20. And the God of peace himself sanctify you. That means box you. Box you holy. Not just box your head, leave your arms, legs out. That box is too small. But the God box is big. May God of peace sanctify you. Young people, box you holy. And may your spirit and soul and body 
be preserved, complete at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you. This one who calls you, who is faithful, who also will do it, will do what? Will bless you wholly, completely to separate you from the world. Francis, I think we already pretty well established that our understanding of the kingdom uh, falls far short of God's understanding and that which is revealed in this holy word. I would say our common understanding of this word sanctification probably falls equally short, doesn't it? I believe so, because I think we really saw the kingdom in a new, appropriate, and present light Right. so that we know what that kingdom can be on the earth today and also to see this matter of sanctification is not something just sanctimonious <laughs> by living in a kind of a strange life, but it's really being boxed in by God so that we just live in Him and we're restricted to Him. When we really know who we are, where we are, and what we've been called to, we realize that we are restricted to live within this realm, this box, which is God Himself. Yeah, Paul begins this book by talking about the fact that the church is in God the Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he concludes the book with the matter of sanctification. If we don't maintain this order, we're going to have a frustrating uh, Christian life trying to be sanctified without first finding ourselves in God and in Christ, aren't we? We surely will, because it's just natural for us to think that we can improve ourselves. It takes the revelation of God to cause us to believe in Christ as our substitute, as our Savior, as our Redeemer. And then it takes the light of God to shine in us to show us that we cannot do this. We cannot sanctify ourselves, but we can be sanctified by the living of this wonderful one in us. Uh, Francis, um, jumping back to the first section again, there was a point that I, I felt it was worth to mention. He not only mentioned that if a particular individual believer is walking according to the Spirit, uh, expressing the life of God, that there is in a very real sense the aura or the atmosphere of the kingdom with that person, around that person. Then he made, I think, a passing remark, what it would be like if all the believers were living such a life at the same time. There would be no kingdom in the future to have to wait for, would there? That's right. The kingdom would have come, and that is glory. He said we were called into his kingdom and glory. So that is the glory. When this uh, corporate people can live this kind of life, that's the kingdom, and that kingdom is the glory of God. Um, Take another minute. We have a little time here, Francis, and develop this uh, connection, relationship, and also the distinction between the glory of God and the kingdom of God. Well, I feel like I can try that, but I feel like the main thing is that we realize that this kingdom is not just something coming in the future, but it's something that we're called into right now. When this church in Thessalonica was living out Christ, the kingdom was there, and that kingdom manifested in this church was really a glory. And this is true of any people who will live by the life that's been put into them by the Spirit, and we live according to that life, there is a glory to God. There is an expression of God, and there is an administration of God worked out as that we call His kingdom. So when we're living under that administration, 
which is God himself, we are really manifesting the glory of God and living in the kingdom. Hmm. And this really results in our being sanctified, holy. The glory is this reflection, this this expression of God himself, and that accompanies the kingdom. I recall that uh, when the Lord took the disciples up onto the Mount of Transfiguration and sort of pulled back the drape and allowed uh, the disciples to see his shining forth God's glory, Mm -hmm. that was in a type of the coming of the kingdom, wasn't it? Yes, surely, and that must be just what the kingdom is. Well, our last section today, we want to come back to this matter of the shining, but um, refine it a little, uh, because Witness Lee in his final portion brings up the matter of the church, now the church that is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, as it is ultimately, finally depicted in the New Testament. Uh, If we jump ahead to Revelation chapter 1, verse 12, we see the church here symbolized in a very particular way. John says in chapter 1, verse 12 of Revelation, And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. If we continue reading there, we realize that those lampstands typify, symbolize the church, don't they, in the final age? Actually, that is the expression of God in its totality. Seven is a number of completion. And there are seven churches pointed out in those two chapters in Revelation, which are called lampstands. But he says, these seven lampstands are really the completion of God's expression on the earth in his people. They are the corporate lampstand. They are the lampstand that really depicts the triune God lived out on the earth. And that shining that comes out of that lampstand is, in a very real sense, the glory into which we are called in the church, isn't it? Oh, yes. This is God's way of declaring and manifesting the glory to which we are called. Well, let's join Witness Lee for this last portion. Let me just point out uh, uh, as a backdrop uh, or a preface that the lampstand referred to here is uh, hearkening back to the Old Testament lampstand, which, of course, was a main component in the holy place in the tabernacle. And as we've gone through these life studies in the past of Exodus, we've seen so much that these types in and surrounding the tabernacle are very, very vivid pictures. And the reality now is defined of this type of the lampstand in Revelation. All right, let's join Witness Lee. This is a marvelous portion. I hope you're able to really focus on this last segment. Eventually, in the entire Bible, the church will be symbolized by the lampstand. You know, the church has a lot of symbols. The house of God, the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, the fullness of God, the habitation of God, the uh, warrior, the fighter, and the bride. A lot of symbols. Now, the last symbol of the church is the lampstand. If you know the Bible, the lampstand in Exodus chapter 25 is Christ. And Christ is the embodiment of God. And the lampstand as a type of Christ is just the embodiment of the triune God. Why? Because in the lampstand you have the substance of gold. And gold in typology 
always signifies God's divine nature. So you have the element, number one. Number two, this is not a piece of gold without any form, but this is a lampstand. It has a form. And this is the Son, God the Son. Christ is the form of God. God the Father is the element. God the Son is the form. And then this lampstand has seven lamps shining. And the Bible tells us the seven shining lamps are just the seven spirit of God. So you see, look at the lampstand. You have the element, the nature, signifying God the Father. And you have a shape. You have a form signifying God the Son. And you have the seven lamps shining, signifying the Spirit of God as God's expression. So this is the triune God embodied in one entity. That's the lampstand in the Old Testament, it was the type of Christ. But now at the end of the Bible, this lampstand becomes the church. Amen. The church is the entity that is in God, in the triune God. What the Lord is doing today? He is doing one thing, that is to mold, to uh, transform, to uh, conform all of us, entire church, into the image of the Chang God, meeting all the churches in Lambston. Wow. So many things uh, in Scripture depict the church, but I think none more profoundly or in a higher way than this picture of the lampstand. Because in this context, to see the church in this way, with these elements, these components of the whole triune God, uh, this is far more than seeing the church as just a gathering of people who have decided to believe the same thing in a kind of a social context, isn't it? That really doesn't measure up to the lampstand. I should say not. That does not measure up to what is depicted here as the lampstand. And even here, it talks about seven lampstands. And seven in the Bible is a number of completion. Mm -hmm. So this means that all the lampstands combined are really the full expression of God, of Christ. That is Christ expressed. That is God's glory manifested. And so the the type that's used to depict the final uh, depiction of the church is a lampstand. And this, all the churches really comprise one lampstand made up in a special way of what the element is, is gold, golden lampstand. That gold is God's own nature. Right. But it's not just, as he said, not just a lump of gold, but it really is formed into a certain shape, a certain expression. So the gold is expressed in a certain form, and that shows us this is a type of God the Son. Mm. And then there are seven lamps shining These lamps are really a picture of the God, the Spirit, because the shining out, the manifestation of this lampstand is the Spirit. And that's the triune God displayed and presented to us. If there was a better picture, we would have to have second revelation. 
<laughs> there's no such thing. So we have the top picture here. Wow. Revelation of the lampstand is the top picture of the church, which is really the kingdom and the glory that we're called to. We just uh, can't get much higher than this. Unfortunately, we don't have much more time to develop and talk about it, so we'll just have to leave it with our listeners. I think you would join me, especially today, to encourage the listeners to contact us about getting these printed messages. We invite you to call us toll-free. Our number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Join us again tomorrow. We continue our life study of First Thessalonians. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The recovery version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, more than 13,000 cross-references, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament Recovery Version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.